It's tax refund time. Don't waste your money. Switch to Straight Talk Wireless and get 25 gigs of high-speed data for 45 bucks a month on America's best networks. Plus, save 200 bucks on a Galaxy S9 with in-store activation. See terms at straighttalk.com. Joining us right now to actually talk some high school basketball. No one knows it better in the area than Mr. Dan Vance, and he's fresh from his nap, so he's ready to go. Dan, how are you? <laughs> I'm no good. Refreshed. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if you heard. I told the story literally word for word what you told us via text that uh, you were sleeping and your wife, lovely wife, woke you up and going, aren't you supposed to be on the radio? Yeah, yeah. I guess I just, uh, it felt like a Sunday, man. Everybody's home, laying around, and uh, forgot it was Wednesday, but I feel bad for all the people that had to listen to you fill for 15 minutes. Oh, it, was, yeah. it was brutal. It was absolutely <laughs> brutal, I'll tell you. Uh, but we were talking shot clock, and that's where we're going to start. Usually we do the three things we learn, three things we're going to – we're throwing that out the window because it's way too cold to worry about counting to three. So <laughs> we want to talk about shot clock, and you and I have been going back and forth since Friday about it. Even before that, we've kind of debated it. But, um, you know, Brett Rump has talked about it. We talked about it in the first segment. So you give me your opinion. Indiana high school basketball, should they have a shot clock? Yeah, I'm all for a shot clock. I think that uh, there, there's situations that definitely call for it, situations that don't. Um, obviously, the spark of this entire thing was last Friday night, uh, Homestead playing at Northrop. And I think there a lot of things get lost in the conversation in the last week because of that. Northrop won the game. They deserve to win the game. Uh, do I really think them holding the ball had an impact at the end? No, I, I just really think that they had the legs in overtime and, and Homestead did not. But for me, it's, it's tough with the shot clock. There are offensive sets, and you and I have talked about this, that take a minute or take 90 seconds to get a good look. Um, if you're out there running flex cuts, you know, th- this is stuff that needs to develop. You're usually not getting a good first look through that set, uh, stuff that aren't quick hitter plays. But there's a big difference between that and putting the ball under your arm at half court and just standing there and refusing to engage. Uh, and I think that that is the type of thing that requires us to look at a shot clock. I know there's an added expense, and that's another argument people made. But when we're looking at the integrity of the game of basketball, um, those type of situations, to me, aren't basketball. And what Northrop did for that two and a half minutes Friday wasn't basketball. And uh, it's, it's not any more aimed at Northrop than it is at anybody else who does it. Uh, that just happened to be a big game, so I got attention. I was at that game, so I paid attention to it. So that, that, that's where I stand on it. Dan, some people were, I don't want to say defending Northrop over the weekend, but kind of coming at uh, people saying, well, Homestead didn't come out and defend the ball, so they're just as guilty as Northrop. What would you say to that? Well, those people also say that that Northrop uh, holding the ball like that was good coaching, and, you know, that's an agree-to-disagree thing. Uh, I don't think it was. Some people may think it was. But equally good coaching was Chris Johnson keeping his kids back. Look, you got Sidney Curry in the post, uh, and, and... Despite what people were saying, there was not a zone on by Homestead at that point. They were just playing a compacted man-to-man. Everybody was guarding a man. Uh, I think it was Xavier Overstreet, maybe uh, Zach Bratmiller, who were out uh, on the perimeter at that point. They just weren't coming outside the three-point line. I wouldn't have left him either. I wouldn't have left uh, Sidney Curry one-on-one with anybody who's currently playing in this area in the post. Uh, he's 6'7", 6'8", 300 pounds, and just muscle. I mean, it was, it was intelligent. Why would you come out and leave him uh, for a one-on-one situation when your defense, as most people's defense have been all year, has been designed to collapse on Sidney Curry? 
He is Dan Vance of Outside the Huddle joining us here on the OPS High School Coaches Show. Let's stick with Northrop, and I don't want to feel like I'm picking on them, but back-to-back games as Northrop had last weekend, Friday, Homestead, Saturday, Marion. They've had three instances this year where they've played Friday, Saturday, back-to-back, and they're 0-3 on the back end. They lost to Lawrence North after beating Southside. They lost to Kokomo after beating Snyder, and they lost to Marion after beating Homestead. When you look at the uh, sectional schedule that goes Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, having to put Friday behind you when you're playing Saturday, or a regional Saturday morning where you give an emotional win on a Saturday morning, have to put that out of your mind for Saturday night, is Northrop a little bit worrisome in terms of maybe not being able to refocus a day after a big victory? I think they are, and again, I don't think it's a knock on Northrop. That's a very tough situation to be able to do it's why we have to give credit for Carroll boys and the way they've scheduled the last several years. If they're able to do that consistently, I don't think anybody uh, schedules the Friday, Saturday, in area, out of area, more frequently than Marty Beasley or has had more success with it. It's a tough thing to do. The thing to me that is, is worrisome when it comes to Northrop, and we saw it with the Homestead girls, is that's great if you're dominant in the area. Northrop has played very well in the area, but the longevity can you run, make a run in the state? And I think that's one of the things that worries us about Homestead girls after this week. Um, it has to worry about Northrop boys because you're looking at these losses. Lawrence North is an okay team. Uh, they're, they're decent. Uh, Kokomo's not very good. Marion, this is a Marion team that lost to Bishop Dwinger, uh, that lost to Richmond. And those teams are sub-500 teams. This isn't a great Marion team. So, yeah, I think it's worrisome for them in the fact of you're losing these games out of the area you probably shouldn't based on how you're playing in the area. All right, Dan, we got just a couple minutes left. Let's go over to girls basketball. Look at a couple of these sectional fields, and a couple of these haven't even gotten started yet, but we'll start with DeKalb. I saw Snyder take care of Carroll last Friday night, and Snyder has gotten some big wins in the last couple weeks. Despite being 8-11 and 11 overall, they've beaten Belmont, Concordia, and Carroll their last three outings. Despite not having a winning record, despite Carroll and Northrop on paper looking like the better uh, picks in this sectional, is Snyder the favorite at DeKalb? I think they're the favorite right now because of momentum, and I think it would be huge for their program. Uh, huge if you look at those three programs. Uh, it's kind of the, the draw of this being a lesser sectional this year, a down sectional, is these are young programs, and somebody's getting a sectional win, and that's going to be huge. Uh, huge for a young Carroll team. Huge for a very young Northrop team, or huge for a Snyder team uh, that's young, that has a young coach. Uh, if Gregory Addison could come in and win a sectional in his first year, I think that says a lot about him as a coach and his ability as a coach. Uh, and, and big for Delasia Davis, uh, who is a senior who would really like to see them break through this last year. I would consider them the favorite, but I think that it's a it's a three horse race, and it's going to be a good story no matter who of those three teams would win this sectional. One of the few games we got in last night was at Homestead Southside taking care of Huntington North to move into the semifinals. It's going to be Homestead and Southside Saturday night playing for a, for a sectional championship. Southside has been able to hang with Homestead twice this year, once in the holiday tournament, once in the regular season. But can the Archers beat Homestead? I don't know. I know they can hang close. I know they can play close. You just got to do it consistently. I think we talked a little bit last week on the show, too, that it, it comes down to being able to do in the second half what they've done in the first half of those games. The first half has been great. They need to do in the second half. 
And after what we saw last Friday night, if J.C. Jones comes out and shoots like that at nine threes last Friday night, I don't know who, who beats outside. Yeah, J.C. Jones playing tremendously well. The other game that we saw played last night, Belmont and Norwell. Belmont clips Norwell for the second time this year, moves on to face Heritage on Saturday in a semifinal. That Norwell sectional is absolutely stacked. We have Marion down at the bottom half, Bishop Lures as well. But uh, was last night's game for the sectional championship, or will we see uh, a de- added intrigue in this sectional before we crown a champion? We're going to have some intrigue. I can say that I was absolutely shocked that Belmont won that game last night. So I guess I was one of those people that, that Coach Andy Hine was throwing shade at on Twitter earlier this week. But and it was nothing against Belmont. It was the fact that these teams were so evenly matched the first time. Uh, Belmont got the big emotional win. I thought going into the first game, there was no way one team won both matchups this year. And then this game being at Norwell. Uh, it was a huge win for Belmont last night. Their 20th win of the year. It's been eons since they've won 20 games in this girls' program. I, I wonder if that win last night is enough to push them through. Uh, they have the size, they have the experience, they have a generational talent like Grace Hunter to be able to kind of run through this sectional, even with a team like Marion who's got a 6'5 girl and Rashea Kyle. But the question I have, and it's a lot of the questions about these sectionals as we go, is the weather plays a role. A lot of these teams haven't practiced didn't practice today because they're not allowed to, won't practice tomorrow. A lot of them aren't allowed to. These school systems are closed. So you're going into a Friday, Saturday, Monday situation with no practices. Belmont's a little bit tougher because the momentum they earned last night, is that gone without practicing today, without practicing tomorrow? When they have to go back out on Friday night, have we deleted all of the momentum that they've gotten in that win over Norwell? You mentioned Andy Heim throwing some some shade, you know, calling out the people that picking the games, you know, outside the huddle was in his crosshairs. Well, you used to think Derek Moore was the only guy really talking smack on uh, social media, but you got Pete Kemp throwing low-key shade about other programs and school systems putting in turf. He kind of pushing that into Calb. So it's a, it's, it's a little bit of fun when you have some guys that you don't expect uh, taking to social media having some fun. It's the beauty of social media, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, everybody's got a voice and good place to interact and look i mean it, it holds everybody accountable I, I, i'll take it i i don't i did not write anywhere that i picked norwell to win specifically i considered norwell and belmont both as favorites in that sectional but no i i didn't think they, they would win last night so you know throw shade at me i was wrong dan real quick before we let you go what can people find at outside the huddle.net this week well, you should definitely check out we still have our full uh preview of sectionals which uh you know came out over the weekend but they're so relevant since we only have two in the area that got going. Uh, a lot of that stuff now, I think everything's been pushed back to Friday, start at the earliest. Uh, so you can find some of that. You can find the complete results, schedules, uh, keeping that updated as the schedules have changed there on outside the huddle. Uh, and then complete coverage through the weekend. You know, I'll be out Friday night. I'll be out Saturday. I'll be out Monday, championship Monday. i got to figure out where I'm going to want to go uh, for sectional championships. And then uh, some previews early next week of teams that advance to the regional round. Always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, hopefully you can uh, you know, stay up a little later past your bedtime since you got that nap in. Yeah, right. I think I'll be good. All right. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Thanks, guys. The all-new Toyota RAV4 asks, what if? What if your ride was refined and 
rugged at the same time. Introducing the all-new RAV4 Hybrid. 208 combined horsepower and standard all-wheel drive make it the most powerful RAV4. Plus, with its head-turning style and breakaway speed, it's bound to change the way you think of a hybrid. The all-new RAV4 Hybrid. Toyota. Let's go places. Horsepower. Ratings achieved using the required premium and gasoline with an octane rating of 91 or higher. Premium fuel is not used. Performance will decrease. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.